0: Hello there, wrestling fans, and welcome to episode number ninety-eight of Because WCW the Podcast, where the big boys play. My name is the Twisted Genius Dean Ayers, and I am joined as ever by my colleague, the Dazone Sports Journalist Liam Hap. Good evening to you, Liam. How are you doing? I am
1: doing great. I am doing great. I am. I just went to see how that sounded like a Uh chant. it, yeah. was okay. it was okay. Six out of ten. Like, nothing amazing.
0: You you do remind me of uh, a mid nineties ECW fan who could only talk in chant.
1: Yeah. Or that yeah. guy who did the uh, was it the was it uh, PWG where that one guy was just going super. super was that PWG?
0: I think it might have been. Yeah, early, early PWG. Yeah.
1: yeah. Oh dear.
0: Yeah. So how are you
1: doing? Yeah, not bad. It's a, it's a uh, period of great transition at Casa del Hap. We are just hours away from some professionals coming over, some asbestos professionals coming over and smashing down the motorcycle garage in our garden that has been there since we moved in because the previous owner was a petrol head. Uh, oh. We're going to have that smashed down. We're going to reinforce the back of our garden. We're going to build a lovely cabin.
0: Can I just check? Reinforcing the back of your garden—that isn't a useful. Not like that.
1: No, no, that's all right. Definitely not like that. Uh, no, we are going to just really get the house done. We're both back working full time, which is why we're so perpetually tired on this podcast, isn't it, Dave? Indeed, yes. Uh, our, our default position now is tired. Do you remember yes. we, we've got in Naught to Sixty? We've gone from Golden Age podcast every week. Let's do more. Let's do more. Oh, what they're adding another hour to Nitro? Oh, great. We want to do more. To uh... <sighs> yeah. But yeah, um, aside from that, the, the the money obviously means we can finally do the renovation on the house between the wife and I. So that's exciting times.
0: Good stuff. Yeah, we've uh, we've got building work being done in our back garden next week as well. It's Not cleaner like the season for it. No, we're having our pond knocked down. Not like that. The <laughs> pond of death. The uh the we've got this uh this disused old koi pond at the back of our garden. It takes up about a third of the garden. We have no use for it. It's uh got covered in pondweed to the point that it look it's just solid green, which then means that um idiot magpies, the thieving bastards of the bird world, swoop down on it, think that it's grass, get bogged down in the uh, pondweed and drown. Um And and it happens in pairs for some reason they they go in pairs so we've had three pairs of magpies that we've had to uh, we've discovered in our pond we've had to scoop out with a net Um,
1: yeah isn't uh, there some sort of uh, adverb about magpies in pairs or is that a completely different bird oh one for
0: sorrow no one for sorrow two for joy that is magpies I'm so indifferent
1: to birds I weren't even sure yeah.
0: And um yeah, so uh, we um we we put like we put some chicken wire. We put w- NWA cage style chicken wire across the p- bit of the pond we can reach, but they still got in the other half. So but, uh
1: yeah. We need to change that adverb really, don't we, Dean? For, to uh one for sorrow, two for an invite to Michael Barrymore's pool party.
0: One for Sorrow, two for more Sorrow, as you have to scoop twice as many dead birds out. And i tell you something, the stench of dead magpie and pondweed is not a pleasant
1: one. No. I mean, either one of those two would be enough for me. A combination, wow. The
0: combination. They do not cancel each other out, I can tell you (laughs) that much. But uh, we've had more pleasant smells inside the house this weekend. We went to a pick-your-own-farm at the weekend and uh, picked a load of fruit, and my other half has been uh, busy making jam all weekend, which is great for me because I'm, as a diabetic, given that it's 50% sugar. But, hey, I won't be eating
1: much of it. So Promise. is it is it fair to say that she be jamming? Jamming, jamming, jamming yeah. to the breaker? That I had to. I'm really sorry. Yeah.
0: And um, I I, won't, uh, I was going to make another joke, but it got a terrible reception well from you when, I, when we were just chatting about it before we uh, started recording. So I'm not even going to go you there. See, shouldn't,
1: you shouldn't try these jokes to your target audience before the big, uh, the big go of it live on the podcast. You should do, like me, when I, when I want to practice a joke that I'm going to use on the podcast, I actually just do it by myself in the mirror wearing nothing but one black sock and usually <laughs> I piss myself laughing. i see
0: well, well we'll move swiftly on let's move swiftly on to to the episode it's a night to watch along um from july the 22nd 1996 we are back at the disney mgm studio so last week we had the first live appearance of the all in black heel hulk hogan not yet hollywood hulk hogan just heel hulk hogan and um This, however, is the first uh, Nitro of the NWO era that is going head-to-head with a live episode of Raw. So you would expect they'll be pulling out all the stops to stop people from turning over. I also found out the reason why we are having these tapings at, um, at Disney MGM. We had kind of speculated on this already. It was to do with the 1996 Olympic Games happening in Atlanta. Basically, all of Turner Broadcasting's outside broadcast units were being used for the Olympics. So therefore, WCW moved to a venue that had its own broadcast facilities at Disney and they were able to do the Nitro tapings there. So that is why those shows are at Nitro and will continue for another few weeks but um yeah, so we are we are all set on zero 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 zero. I hope you are too, Liam.
1: I'm just hang on. Two, three, four, five, six. You've got all the zeros.
0: All, all the zeros. Ones, all yep. six
1: of them. Yep. Right. All six so, uh, zeros.
0: So we will press play in three, two, one, play. There's buildings. Q buildings. Hang on, no, 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 no. Oh,
1: now nah, they're burning. Now nah, they're
0: burning. Yeah. All right. And we've still got red and yellow Hulk Hogan. How long before they change that?
1: Yeah, uh, it's going to be interesting to see just what the gap is. Because uh, we've now had, last week, we had the first in-ring appearance of post-turn Hogan in All Black. They were referencing um, Hollywood Hogan. Mean Gene in particular was really trying to get that across, wasn't he? Ever the pro. Yep. So uh, yeah, really they need to catch it up. But it looks like we're gonna have another episode, Dino, where we get to enjoy it the sun going down throughout the telecast.
0: Yep, and it's good to see as well that uh the letters NWO in on written on bed sheets is, is not draped over the letters of WCW right now.
1: I believe they took those down before the end of the broadcast, if I remember correctly. Yes. After after they abandoned their posts up there and got ready to run in on the main event. And it's funny they're talking about the Olympics, because obviously we're in the Olympics now and it feels so surreal. Yeah, very much so. I mean, yeah. To oh, see... this is old footage of uh, Halloween Havoc 94.
0: Yeah, with Muhammad Ali. Because obviously he, uh, Muhammad Ali, played a major role in the uh, opening ceremony of the '96 Atlanta Olympics,
1: and he was there at Havoc '94 because Hulk Hogan was desperately trying to recreate 1985 with the usual celebrities there. Speaking of desperate celebrity links for Hogan, here's Shaquille O'Neal in Hulkster shirt, and Hulkster when he was uh, when he was Babyface, of
0: course. So uh, I'm not sure what's happening. Are they talking about? They they're just seemingly throwing celebrity clips of WCW for no apparent
1: reason. Yeah, I actually thought they were gonna turn into a oh, this is what Hulk was and it's sad what he's become. But now we uh, they didn't even do that segue.
0: And they're now already they're plugging that Hulk Hogan has challenged the giant for the world title at Hog Wild on the tenth of August. So that's you know, still three weeks or so away.
1: Yeah. Zubisko doing a good job of uh, of tying in the fact that obviously the Dungeon of Doom and Hogan were at loggerheads, rather yes. one sided loggerheads for pretty much the whole last last twelve months.
0: Oh, we've just we're seeing the uh, the NWO bed sheets.
1: Can you imagine how much money they would have made on eBay? <laughs>
0: Well yeah, you you'd have to buy an N, a W and an O. So you could just make people buy a set of
1: three bed sheets. And of course they've got a cocktail in hand. Of course. Which which seemed a lot cooler at the time before we knew what we knew about Scott Hall. Yes. Larry Zabisco
0: saying, Don't trust anybody. Oh, here we go. So we are we've we've been how long's that been? Three and a half minutes. Yeah,
1: for WCW, that's not too bad. We've complained about it in old pay-per-views, like 91, 92, 93, when we do those episodes. And here in the summer of 96, they are still doing an overly long preamble that really fizzles out that buzz of the crowd when the fireworks first go off. Yeah. It's
0: mind-boggling. To be fair, it's different. I think it's different when it's free TV compared to when it's pay-per-view where you've paid money to watch the show and you just want to see some wrestling. Here is Squire Dave Taylor from Bradford in Yorkshire, which is one of the least aristocratic places in the UK you could ever
1: dream of. But in pro wrestling parlance, it's the UK. There's no uh, subtlety yes. or nuance here. This is the same industry that look at someone like Rusev and go, "What? what's a Bulgaria? Ah, sorry, it's Russian. You're Russian now, Rusev. Well you do you do often see that
0: presumably because of the size comparison that Americans often think of Europe as an entire country. Which, you know, it's a massive constant with different languages and different cultures, but it's around about the same size as as the USA. So I I can understand why that happens.
1: And yet they'd Um, be the first one to differentiate and say, you know, don't, don't associate me with those New Yorkers. Don't associate me with those Texans. (laughs) They don't want, they don't want to be lumped in all in one there, but apparently Canadians. Yeah. Okay. So so
0: we've got a, a bona fide heavyweight contest here. Dave Taylor against Scott Norton.
1: And after what we saw in a recent episode, Dean, this is very much Hill versus Hill, isn't it?
0: Well, I was going to say, it's a bit of an odd matchup because I mean, the crowd, but Taylor's his credit has got the crowd chanting USA.
1: But then his opponent in this scenario has just turned on his tag partner and shoved like a man down to the ground. It's very much, he's the angry, miserable, grumpy one in that whole fire and ice split. So it's yes. a weird place to run it. And Taylor is now ducking and dodging and showing babyface fire, or what would normally be babyface fire in this oh, in this role. Just, and then just
0: got leveled with a massive clothesline.
1: So yeah, it's that got, was by the hell of a clothesline. You'll remember that match we had last. On, well, not last week. It's been a little while, but um, on the last episode of Nitro Recovered, we had that um, tag title match with Harlem Heat against Enos and uh, Dick Slater, oh, didn't we? rough
0: and ready, yes. Where
1: they couldn't even, not only did they try and go Hill versus Hill, but they there was no dichotomy. No one slotted into a a de facto role, which you commonly see if you're going to run that. There's usually like a lesser evil or, or a home hope where you can give a temporary, you know. Did the bell just ring? Yeah, I think he's been
0: disqualified for throwing. Must be for throwing Taylor over the top rope.
1: This is the weirdest match. Yes. I've seen in some time. They've got they've basically gone to these two guys. Yeah, go go out and wrestle for a bit. We're gonna throw it out after two minutes. Okay. Yeah. Oh wow, Norton's going big here. Powerbomb on the outside. Uh, Norton, oh, Norton
0: had uh, Taylor over his shoulder, either in a backbreaker or powerbomb, whatever he was going for, didn't work because he bumped into someone at the broadcast table and lost lost, uh, lost his grip on Taylor. Who <laughs> bought so segments that work, like and that? He just
1: shoved him away and, and walked off. That was so weird. That was. Who actually puts that down on a sheet of paper and says, oh, that's a good way to start the cast"?
0: I have no idea. That was very, very old.
1: And it's one of things. Like, do you know where we see there's a lot of things in wrestling that are objectively bad, even subjectively bad. Um, but in this instance, you know, these two guys went at each other for a couple of minutes. They did nothing wrong, per se. But the whole construction, the whole booking of it was weird.
0: Mm. Didn't, Oh, of the opener and all that, didn't really do the trick. So we've now got one of these, now you, you like these little uh, ad bumpers, they call them in TV, aren't they, with the, uh, with um. V.K. Wall Street doing a little promo about why he's going to beat Conan next.
1: Yeah, as as a general rule, they make a lot of sense. They look the part. They give us a good bit of nostalgia because they're of the time as well. They could easily work now, but they're cheerfully of the time. Thing is that Wall Street promo and that gimmick of his was just dire. Oh, Hang look on, where we are? It, could it be? Is it? it? It is. There's no Ric Flair though. It's still Ric Flair's banquet table though. This Arne leading the promo though, it's three of the four horsemen.
0: Yeah, we've got Arne, Benoit Steve McMichael, Deborah McMichael, uh Elizabeth and wearing a white suit and sunglasses woman. Who's who's not she's not flirting with mean jean just
1: yet. She's rather subdued. And she visibly is. she's got her hands on Benoit's shoulders in yes. the first little sign of that Mm. so Arn said the one thing that Ric Flair likes other than the finer things of life and the beautiful women is to make an entrance so he's kind of uh, promised that there's going to be a bit more of an elaborate Flair entrance later on this show
0: Mm. which is difficult at this venue because there isn't much of an entrance way
1: Mongo's still keeping up the uh, the free party line. Who cares about the outsiders? We're gonna beat the crap out of the babyfaces. So mm. we've still got that nuance.
0: Yeah, which I believe is is uh, yeah, it's, it's Sting, Luger, and the Macho Man. So the babyface team from Bash at the Beach against the Horsemen. So there's your soup there's your superstar main event to keep people from it on to uh, Raw, that's, that's a pretty damn good star power, you have to say.
1: Yeah. E- e- even if um Benoit says he is unrelentless. Unrelentless? Does that mean yeah. he he will relent? Maybe that's a sugar-free, relentless energy drink. I don't know. Oh. No, it's <laughs> they had that and then they discontinued it, which I hate because I love a. Sugar-free energy drink and sugar-free relentless, I mean, relentless zero, they called it, which makes sense. Sugar-free relentless is still going.
0: I've I've got a can in my car.
1: That's that's bollocks, mate. They've taken it away from every <laughs> show I can't even order them online.
0: I saw a can of it in the petrol station yesterday. That's all uh, I'm saying.
1: That's because you live in the past. No, you just live on the south coast. You've probably got a uh, you've probably got marathon bars in your newsagents. <laughs>
0: Opal Fruits. <laughs> so here, VK Wall Street, the poor man's Ted DiBiase is out, and here comes Conan.
1: Conan is underrated WCW theme, before he started all the self-hip-hop-y themes of his, about and tossing your salad and what what have you. Yes,
0: what the hell? So he's wearing what looks like a Rey Mysterio, stolen Rey Mysterio mask, and... Yeah. Um, and a coat that looks like it predates Oscar's entrance rope,
1: basically. <laughs> he looks like, do you remember Scott Steiner at that era where his face was smashed in and he had to wear that protective mask? Yeah. He looks like he's wearing the Scott Steiner slash Joey Mercury protective mask. He His jacket looks like,
0: you know, if you go into a, you know, a wrestling video game, you have create a wrestler and you just create a, a jacket that has got... You basically like, sit on your controller, layer. yeah. <laughs> yeah, sit on the control pad, turn all the colours up, every layer going.
1: So, here we go.
0: Potential clash of styles, you might say.
1: Oh, man. Some, so On the last two episodes, this one and the last one, the the choice of matchmaking has been... I mean, we, should, um, we used to complain. One, one of the things we said wasn't very good. Even when Nitro was enjoyable, one of our concerns was that they were going to the same matchups over and over again. So at least they're freshened up. But this is reeking of malicious compliance.
0: Yeah, I mean, we've talked about some, some weird and wonderful match-ups that we've seen in the past on Nitro. Some really good matches. You know, Eddie Guerrero and the Barbarian, things like that.
1: Yeah belenko has been key to some of those. I mean, that one with Kidman Ooh. recently was very, very good. Yeah. Just, just a wild hell for leather sprint, wasn't it?
0: And at the moment, Wall Street is just the, the stooge for Conan's various offensive antics. O- offensive antics as in on the attack, not
1: Offending us. So, commentary. Make
0: sure he chucks Conan through the middle rope so he doesn't get disqualified.
1: Yeah, that rule is ridiculous. So, you might as well get rid of it at this stage because it's just going to confuse the hell out of people. Um, Commentary running down the card, I believe, and they said about US heavyweight champion Ric Flair facing Eddie Guerrero, which not only reminded me that, yes, they actually put the US belt on him in 1996. But, yeah, right here is the man who beat beat Conan. Conan. Ah,
0: at the uh, Bash at the Beach '96 pay-per-view,
1: I think. wasn't Indeed. it? Indeed. Which I always remember of him just randomly singing La Cucaracha during his pre-match promo. Yes.
0: Of course, Hog Wild is a, a show that we haven't uh, we haven't covered yet.
1: Yeah. So on the to-do maybe, list. Uh,
0: maybe a guest, yeah, maybe a guest could join us. But we're a few
1: weeks away from that, yeah. Indeed. We've got a few other plans coming up, as people know, that this is episode 98. We want to try and make that 100th special. We've got a few uh, few ideas going along. And in the in- inevitable occasion that they all fall apart, we'll, we'll still do something special and have a good time anyway, won't we, Dean? Oh, yeah. But yeah, after after we've hit that big milestone, it'll be the match beyond, so to speak. We'll have to see what, what to line up. We've got a few pay-per-views we haven't done. A few guests we'd love to have on that haven't been on before. And we'll see where it takes clashes. us. Yeah. yeah, and we're doing clashes now. I forget about that.
0: Wall so, Street now in charge of the match. Body slam, elbow drop. Standard offence.
1: I like Sabisco really leaning into the gimmick, talking about how much money he's got. <laughs> at least he's giving it a try. Because this mm-hmm. is, it, at the end of the day, this is a really, really cheap knockoff of something that was very good, which is a shame.
0: And... Yeah, I mean, obviously, the inspiration was the you know, the Money Inc. tag team that he'd had with DBS a few years before in the WWF. He was a man of many, many
1: gimmicks, wasn't Gimmings. he, Mike Rotundo? It was actually quite a surprise that he was IRS for essentially about four years. Mm. It was quite a good innings for him. Yeah. But,
0: um, I mean, there was Mike Rotundo, Captain Mike Rotunda, Varsity Club Mike Rotunda, Michael Wall Street, VK Wall Street. Erwin Arshaister.
1: One half of the US Express. Yes. And the master of the really dull rest hold. Oh, the fans are chanting Erwin at him. And he can't really respond to it as Hill Heat because that would be acknowledging who he was. Yeah. You'd think fans would realise that, wouldn't you? That there's this, you know, and I've seen a lot of it come up in recent conversations that, you know, fans, if they're enjoying the Hills' work, they will happily just boo their hearts out. But if you're going to do a bit of Hill Heat, if, you, if you're if going to try and be smart about it and say Irwin, or or, or if you're going to say, ironically, given the family ties, if you're going to say Husky Harris at Bray Wyatt. I was just
0: going to say that. Yeah, yeah.
1: if you're going to do that, then you're not really going to. Oh, look at that. So after getting dominated, Conan gets Samoan dropped, but turns the pin into a crucifix. But but yeah, fans have got to realise that doing that, you're putting wrestlers between the rock and a hard place and you're not not enjoying the the banter, for lack of a better term, you can have with the wrestlers.
0: Yeah, because as as you say, there's no... It's basically you're you're trying to tell people, look how clever I am, that I know what they're recording another promotion, which most people that are wrestling fans in that venue will know.
1: Exactly. Big deal. And did you notice, as, as as he walked away in celebration, Conan took an apple from the banquet table, took a big bite. Thus giving birth notice. to Carlito's gimmick a few years later.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, he's got to get back at Ric Flair somehow. Ric Flair took his United States belt. He takes
1: Ric Flair's apple. Exactly. And it just feels weird to, to think that there is actually just eight years between... This show and the debut of Carlito. Just eight years. It doesn't
0: feel Here like it. Here is uh, Mean Gene with with our main eventers, Sting, Luger and uh, and the Macho Man, who I believe is no longer out
1: of control, William. Yeah, he looks a bit more focused now. But he could be out of control any minute now. It could happen again. You never know. And Luger and Sting, who
0: are, who are on the same page, and there is no what's the deal between them
1: yeah I missed that I did ask do you know what I did ask Savage is there any chance of him being unstable again And is there any chance of his tag partners not knowing what the deal between them and do you know what he said to me um was it nope indeed we've got all our catchphrases in one go I'm so proud of us oh what a show it's like we're nearly 100 shows in,
0: we've bedded in our catchphrases.
1: Well, it is wrestling. That is what wrestling's all about. Repeating the same old shit over and over again until it gets over. Absolutely. That's what I did in the FWA. That's what politicians do as well. That's the alarming thing.
0: As the song, uh, I can't remember which song it is now, but there's a song by the band Flowbox which says, professional wrestlers and politicians want you to believe
1: them. It's true. Look at Sting's hair, by the way. Lockdown hair. He's still very much surfer Sting with his face paint and his promo. But that hair is getting progressively darker and progressively longer.
0: Knowing what we know.
1: Yeah, but I was going to say, as it
0: gets longer, surely he's getting more surfer Sting. You know, surfers have long
1: flowing locks a lot of the time. At the time, that's probably absolutely what people are thinking. Oh, you know, he's updating his look a little bit. But he's still very much in line with his thing. He's just sick of the short blonde hair. Fair enough. But yeah, knowing what we know, can't wait also, to watch to the say, uh, transformation over these weeks. Over these watch logs. The, yeah,
0: this will be good, definitely. Um, also, I've got to say, Mean Gene rocking the uh, the casual top with the jacket here. There is no, um, there's no shirt and tie with Mean Gene today. Me, mean, oh, mean Gene hey, rocks
1: everything. That's an actual person.
0: We've got a new uh, Glacier promo with, as you say, Liam, an actual person. And it looks like my dad's doing Kung Fu. It looks like a man predating COVID and wearing a face mask 25 years before COVID.
1: I see, but in Japan, they're already doing this. They've been doing it for decades. That's true. Um... I feel bad slagging off um, his his kicks and his poses there, because if if I have this right, Ray Lloyd actually is ranked and he he, he does have training, doesn't he, with some yeah, sort of
0: martial arts. A bona fide, uh, yeah, he's a bona fide But bona fide in
1: that somewhere. promo alone, just in that promo, he was looking extremely wooden and like he was a parody.
0: Um... I've just got to interrupt you to ask, what the fuck are we watching now? This is some kind of Baywatch-style promo with people walking down the beach in slow motion. We've had two people I don't recognise and Alex Wright.
1: Yeah, WCW really didn't have their demographic with stuff like that. It weren't washing in like the 93s when they had like Tom Zink in various Pretty Boy tag teams. Yeah. And uh in ninety six they're still trying it. We've got the American males obviously. That uh went down extremely well. And they're just still insisting yeah. on doing this crap.
0: I don't I don't know who those other people are. I don't know if they said who it was, but I didn't catch any names. We know so Alex
1: Wright was one of them oh, here I they wanna are. say they're Joe Gomez. Was one Joe Gomez? Possibly, yeah. Renegade? Well that was and that. Oh,
0: Jim ah, Powers. Wright, Joe Gomez, Jim Powers and
1: Renegade. Because the music for the promo and for this entrance is the Renegade's Warrior ripoff music. Ah. So who are they up against? I missed that. Dungeon
0: of Doom. Dungeon of Doom. Oh. And we've got a new member of the Dungeon of Doom being unveiled here.
1: I mean, are they really in a... They've been usurped by... A new Hill group, which is led by the man who was trouncing them when they were the top Hill group anyway. (laughs) Are they really in a position to be hiring new members? Try and remember who else would join at this juncture as well. Who, Who are you saying? I don't know. Hugh Morris is already apart, isn't he? Kamala has come and gone. Yeah. There's Hugh, there's Barbarian, Kevin Sullivan. And we're just waiting for the fourth. They're walking... Past. I love that tree in the entranceway. Every week, I've yeah, loved that. Yeah, it's brilliant.
0: There's the barbarian. Who's that? Someone's oh, running up on.
1: behind them. Who is it? Ah, oh, the... is this... um, Is this
0: Buddy, Buddy Lee Parker as a leprechaun?
1: This is... Not only is this Buddy Lee Parker as a leprechaun... This is the thumbnail for this episode. <laughs> I think this <laughs> one's a slam dunk. Nothing's going to top this.
0: Nothing is going to top Buddy Lee Parker as a deranged leprechaun.
1: So we've got the new old order taking over, wiping out Hills and Babyface alike, changing the game as we know it. Dungeon Doom bring out a leprechaun. Oh, I can't believe they weren't the top hill group.
0: I know. What's wrong with people, eh?
1: So, it's, uh, talking about interesting matchups, this is going to be bloody fun, isn't it?
0: As the, uh, the night is drawing in and the cameraman seemingly is having a seizure. Oh, no, hang on. This is just shit going on in the back because we've got a cameraman going backstage. Something's happening.
1: And they're actually staying with the cameraman who walked from his ringside position to the entranceway. That was different.
0: That's one way of saying it. Beautiful moonsault body block by uh, Alex Wright on the Barbarian.
1: Alex Wright is hell bent on making this interesting, if it's the last thing he does. But then he's going to throw punches like that.
0: Ah, so we've got the uh, the outsiders Hall and Nash have invaded the uh, production truck, and now they are uh, they're mucking around with production. They've made they've made the show fade to black.
1: Shivoni's <laughs> beside himself
0: Shivani's <laughs> outraged that they're interrupting the programme and Zabisco is just insistent that they don't touch his microphone
1: well have you seen the matches we've had lined up so far they're doing us a favour yeah there's now a heavy echo and everything <laughs>
0: yeah Heavy feedback. Wandering so somewhere else. So just got Hall and Nash wandering around the offices, not the offices, the production. Oh, they're taking, they're taking the headset off now. <laughs> and uh, see, uh, ground control to Major Tom says, uh, says Nash.
1: They're pan in the crowd looking, the for who
0: are they looking for someone.
1: <laughs> now,
0: now this is, you know, this this is they they're kind of they're they're doing it in a cool way as opposed to doing it in a dickish way, aren't they? Which is why they end up getting chewed.
1: Oh yeah, this 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 was always part of their thing, like. Right? When, when you give people creative control, obviously the the, the wrestlers are going to want to be a character that dominates everyone like a heel, gets cheered like a babyface, and also wins the program like a babyface. I mean, nine, yeah. be honest, Dean, nine, nine out of ten wrestlers you give creative control to, that's exactly the one, sort of character they're going to want to be. They're going to want to be yeah. Superman and Batman and everyone rolled into one. Uh, so it's no shock they've turned into like massively self-centred, uh, egocentric divas o- o- over the time span of this, which is a shame because the, as we said in episodes like k '97, the storyline was hot, the fans were ready for the logical conclusion, and it would have led to other things after that. But eh. yeah. your, your mic
0: friend's got a little bit faint by the way. I don't know if you've. Uh changed to where the mic is or something. How like about
1: was... now? A little bit better. Yeah, I got so despondent thinking about how WCW fucked themselves, I must have knocked myself away from the mic.
0: Security now. Uh... Yep, Tony apologising, and, um, we're back to the eight-man tag that no-one cared about in the first place, <laughs> and, um... Well, I, I've got to say, I did like the word, the use of the word preposterous by Tony Siobhan. You don't hear that word used enough.
1: Yeah, normally he's, uh, he's saying other things like, this is the greatest thing in the history of this great sport. And that's it. Yeah. So, the, the Lepre... Obviously, we've we've been away from half of this match. But the Leprechaun has not made any attempt to be on the apron in position for a tag. He's basically just like pulled into the ring from a managerial position and grabbed legs and stuff
0: he might have been on the apron while they were panning the crowd now he's gone back down to the ground again I mean he probably has he could have oh here comes Teddy Long
1: Teddy Long is now talking with Jim Powers he's giving him some inspiration he said the only thing to fear is fear itself and with words like that, of course he's going to go on a massive babyface surge. I mean, I feel motivated just hearing it secondhand. I don't know about you, Dean. Oh, absolutely. I want to go and tear also, down this motorcycle garage myself, just from hearing Teddy <laughs> Long. <laughs> isn't isn't Jim Powers like the
0: oldest young and upcoming rookie going?
1: He's definitely the most roided up rookie in this, and here's the giant. Oh. The Giant
0: has just walked in to end this shit because he's had enough of it. I can't blame him. And the Leprechaun is just like clubbing people at ringside. He still hasn't got into the ring.
1: This... Good old WCW. It's easy Everyone's to forget...
0: Everyone's getting
1: With With the retconning of how great the New World Order was, it's easy to forget that there's crap like this happening...
0: The crowd seemed quite happy because I don't think they gave the monkeys about this match.
1: Yeah, I think, it, I think the Giant's going to be here for a reason, surely. He's going to be here to talk Hulk Hogan. Sorry, Hollywood Hogan. Well, the crowd
0: reacted to the Giant. And why wouldn't they? I mean, he's massive. And Mean Gene is getting in the ring, past walking past the
1: pile of baby faces at the ringside. The ever intrepid Mean Gene, the fearless Mean Gene Oakland. In his sports casual top. <laughs> so, this has to be surely, Dean, for the answer. Casual dressed yes. Mean Gene is going to get the answer to the challenge. I'm certain of it.
0: Actually, it's it's more of a nautical look for Mean Gene, isn't it? I suppose, yeah. (laughs) And Mean Gene doesn't want Jimmy Hart behind him.
1: Not like that. Well, maybe like that. We don't know. Maybe. Yeah, he wants the answers, Dean. He wants the big answers. Yep. He says his mission was to win the title and he has. I thought his mission was to destroy Hulkamania and he could have tied into that there. Well, Hulkamania <laughs> destroyed Hulkamania. Yeah. He could still destroy the guy responsible for the whole thing. Yeah. Oh, here's the hol- you've been in Hollywood making movies. I love that one. It's Ric Flair, Terry Funk all over again. <laughs> He just referred to himself the giant as the cancer that no one can cure in w c w yeah, odd line I have yeah. to say yeah oh that's an acceptance, yeah,
0: and a baby face promo from
1: the giant
0: Jimmy Hart's smiling, so this is so. He's still part of the Dungeon of Doom at this point, isn't he, the Giant? Yeah, it's all a bit blurry. He's now giving a babyface promo.
1: I know they want those layers, they want those blurred lines, but a lot of the time if you do it, it's just going to confuse. There's a way yeah. to do it, and that match and all that is not it. Indeed. Sting and Lex Luger, Dean, will be together. Excellent. Ah, oh, rough and Reggie will be on Saturday night. Oh, seems like a very good tag team episode Saturday night. Steiners, Nasties.
0: After the baseball though, Liam.
1: Love a bit of baseball. It's trade no, it's baseball deadline. Either. It's trade deadline week. In MLB, I'll have you know, Dean, this is around when uh, we're over halfway through the season and teams will decide whether or not they've got a chance of making the playoffs. And the teams that make the playoffs will attempt to negotiate players away from the teams who have given up their on their, on their hopes of it. And they'll okay. try and take the better players from the lesser sides in return for prospects, young up-and-comers, or maybe draft picks, with the thinking being that the teams who are struggling will will, will go, all right, you have our good plan now, because we're not going to make the playoffs anyway. You give us those prospects, and hopefully in two or three years we'll be winning the division. So just thought I'd run that trivia by you.
0: Well, thank you for that. You're welcome. So we've gone straight into another match without any intro. This is Diamond Dallas Page who is on a roll at the moment against Prince Iakia. So I think we can work out who's going to win this match. But let's see how it goes.
1: Well, the thing about Prince Iakia is that you have to build him first. Yeah. I thought that was funny. You didn't even get it, did you, then? Hmm? I didn't get that. You called him Prince Iakia. Oh, you have IKEA. to build him. Yeah. I'm hilarious. see. I run this one past the mirror, wearing one black sock, and it was hilarious. And, and in the uh, meantime,
0: <laughs> he is he is flatter than flat pack. He's been leveled with a uh, diamond cutter, and it's a very very quick win for DDP.
1: But the speed of that diamond cutter in the match keeps on adding to the out of nowhere dichotomy. Yes. So we've seen a couple of reversal ones. We've seen one just come point blank, quick gut kick and nail in the car. And we've just seen one within a minute of a match. Mm. Oh, look, it's the executive consultant of Andrade Idolo.
0: We've got a very young looking Chavo Guerrero cutting a promo about his upcoming match with Dean Malenko. Mm, really another good.
1: interesting matchup from Enko, but I made that reference to his, to his AEW debut, because come yes. on how cool was that little nod that little homage that they're running, like the executive consultant thing for Andrade who is who is married to Charlotte Flair I,
0: uh, I'm a bit behind on my AEW. haven't seen uh, I haven't seen that yet, but uh, what's, the, what's the reference to Charlotte Flair as the executive consultant? No, well, not, I'm not
1: with you. Chavo Guerrero Jr. is the executive consultant of Andrade. Yes, I saw that. And Ric oh, Flair, Flair, specifically, didn't have the manager, he had the executive consultant, Mr. Perfect.
0: Ah. Oh, and I don't
1: think anyone has used that specific job title in mainstream wrestling since. Now I get you. There you go, boyo. So Glad we I are just
0: be, be uh, getting a recap of um, the
1: Benoit Taskmaster Kevin Sullivan feud. Yeah, it's, it's on again off again a little bit, like everything else involving Sullivan, really. Yeah. So and yeah, those subtle little nods to the links between woman and Benoit continuing. Shivani only mm-hmm. referencing it there. This one's still got a lot of gas in it. Because if I remember correctly, these two are still feuding come Bash at the Beach 97. Bloody hell.
0: Mm. Here comes a fired up, baby face, Chavo Guerrero
1: Jr. Oh, it's, it's the only sort of Guerrero we knew at this time. He's even using Eddie's music, which I like. Mm. And here comes one of your favourite themes.
0: Indeed, the Iceman Dean Malenko. And let's face it, we've seen enough Dean Malenko matches on Nitro to know you're not going to get a bad Dean Malenko match. There is no such thing. No, Or anywhere else, for that matter.
1: And they generally pair him up with people who can work, who can bump. And even when he does a really curious one like Sting, Sting brings his working boots. So the compatibility is there, but also... Uh, whoever, whoever is in the ring with him does seem massively motivated to put in a bit of a shift. And we know young Chavo, not quite the five years later Chavo Guerrero who was absolutely fantastic at the end of WCW, but still very energetic Chavo's going to give him everything he needs here. Yeah.
0: Well, we've just got a recap of uh, last week's Benoit Guerrero match.
1: Oh, course, course, yeah. I say. Because the Dungeon of Doom—that's yeah. why they recap the Solomon thing. The Dungeon of Doom have outsourced their hatred for Chris Benoit to milenko for some reason.
0: That's well, good... you know, if if you had to uh, rely on a wrestler to take someone out of commission, would you want it to be Milenko or the Leprechaun?
1: I don't know. I'm still thinking. Hang on. It's a tough one.
0: I've got to push you for an answer. I'm sorry.
1: I mean, to be fair, if if it has to be a wrestling match, I suppose you go with with the the merciless technician, but can't they just send the Leprechaun to go attack Chris Brown while backstage? That'd be funny. Yeah. Well, the, uh, the
0: cameras are backstage just capturing what the outsides are doing. So.
1: Oh, Zabisco actually just, there. Zabisco just actually answered our question right there in saying that they want someone who can, uh, who can psych out an opponent and break their spirit mentally. So, uh, good work from Larry Z. Yeah. He's talking about the leprechaun, yeah? Of course, yeah. thought so. He psychs me out just looking at the fucking bastard.
0: <laughs> There's a reason, ladies and gentlemen, that
1: Liam's never done wrestling commentary. Uh, excuse me. I did, I, did a, I did a very well-received tryout at your old employers. I bet you don't remember that. I don't think you were there, to be fair.
0: Was that FWA?
1: I went to FWA Star Search. I did commentary. Oh. I was told by a lot of people I did pretty damn well. I was never given any sort of next steps to thing, But then again, I didn't agree to do security for no pay for several months. So that's probably why I didn't get anything after that. But I did go oh, on they... to do local commentary football for a long time. Yeah. So I weren't too bad. And I managed to refrain from swearing. But the reason I well, refrained from yeah, swearing was because I, was I say, didn't have to watch because, WCW.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, is that because you managed to avoid calling the referee a fucking bastard?
1: Yeah. I mean, WCW yeah. does that to you, though. How I didn't swear oh. during the Roland Duchatelet era at Charlton, I'll never know. And oh, uh, we've,
0: we've hit hour number two. In the middle of this match.
1: And Bischoff's mic is a bit off. I was just about to say, could someone fix
0: Bischoff? Bischoff's doing what you were doing earlier. You you need to move your microphone, Eric. Oh, here we go. Or maybe it was
1: Hall and Nash. Maybe Hall and Nash did it.
0: Mm. And even if they hadn't, they have now. That's the excuse, and we're sticking to it. And Bobby Heenan's microphone isn't on.
1: Uh, they've got to be playing. It has to be playing into this, surely. Because, obviously, they're at different positions. It's not like they've taken over the same gear. Yeah. It's, it has to be a residual of that. Or it could just oh, be... On, yeah. we're,
0: you know, Bishop just said, we're not sure what went on in that control room.
1: Yeah, but it could just be... World Championship Wrestling's traditional production values. We can't rule that out. Here we
0: go. We got we got Heenan on comps now. And no. Heenan is uh Heenan's kind of is interesting this. Heenan's being a bit of a the chicken shit hill routine, but He's afraid of the outsiders and the NWO and whoever else they might have in their numbers, and and it's it's actually pushing the threat of the NWO, credible. Yeah, well, because Heenan's being serious as opposed to being
1: jokey. Heenan. Well, this is how you do blurring the lines and adding layers. You just serve your own purposes and your own agendas rather than wavering back and forth between them, like Dave Taylor was earlier, like uh, the Dungeons of Doom have been a little bit, you just go out there and be you. That's how you do Shades of Grey, because that is that is natural. That is what humans are. That is that is how you come across as, uh, a, a, as a believable middle ground or, or a little bit of both or whatever. There's boring chance during this. Which is weird because while it's obviously not a super high marquee match by any means, they've only just gone to their first stretch hold, their rest hold, whereas Rotundo's match was full of it. We've just had that shower of Leprechaun shit, and yeah. now they want to chant Boring. Idiots. So, insight into typical tourist. Uh, Wrestling crowd, You you say a lot about this on on these episodes, don't you? Uh, where yeah. you've done where you've done a lot of this, but I suppose what they find boring can be very different from what a proper wrestling crowd find boring.
0: Yeah, and I suppose yeah, you got to remember that there's a, a very small number, you know, a tiny tiny fraction of the audience live at the venue compared to the the, the you know, millions of people that are watching on TV around the country, and you have got to. You've got to uh, tailor things to the TV camera, but the problem that you've got, of course, is if if the audience live, you, if you lose the audience live, then then that comes across badly to the TV audience. Exactly. They think yeah. People don't care. So it's a really fine balancing act.
1: Such as that family who are still play fighting with each other in the front row. Yes. For, as right a good example. Yeah. I still hear fireworks going off as well. Brain Buster!
0: Uh, yeah, fireworks going off too. Oh, and here comes Jimmy Hart.
1: Cheering on his hired cement- gun.
0: Yeah, cementing that Dungeon of Doom Link. And I'm thinking that it looks like Milenko's turned around. It looks like Milenko doesn't want anything to do with it. Meanwhile, he gets rolled up for a very near
1: two count, very near three near to a three-count by Chava. Milenko's a professional. He's probably accepted the payment. He's gone out and he's attacked him. He doesn't want Jimmy Hart cheerleading him. The job is, you know, that's a different job. The job was done. Why why is he's, Jimmy Hart getting involved in his own personal business here?
0: Yeah. And is this is this WW's attempt at elevating Dean Milenko to a, a higher level than he's been at previously? It's
1: good to see a storyline for him. Obviously, he has, yeah. as we touched upon, he's been showcased against a myriad of of big name wrestlers and all sorts of talent. Here's the cloverleaf. It's academic. Yep. There's the tap.
0: So Chavo missed the top rope drop kick. Milenko let him land back first on the canvas, clamped on the cloverleaf, and that was it.
1: And that's that's a move you want to see more. Uh, modern wrestlers use. I think, does Sheamus still use it as a finish? He did for a tiny yeah. bit, didn't he? Yeah, he's,
0: he's the broke kick these days, isn't he? Sheamus, but,
1: it's, so. but it's such a good, it's such a good, um the, the leg grab for that and the step over, it just looks, it's a whole, oh, they're in trouble sort of deal, isn't it? Mm. And it looks like a really painful move. Yeah. So it's a shame you don't see it a little bit more often. You don't want to see everyone use it, obviously, but, I think there should be at least one wrestler in every major organisation using the Cloverleaf. Because if ten of them on the roster can use a fucking spear, we can have at least one Cloverleaf.
0: Yeah. And it's also the kind of move that you can put on people pretty much regardless of their size.
1: Yeah. Although I'm sure like Hulk Hogan and The Rock and a few others will find a way to screw it up. But why would they care? They're absolutely loaded. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, The Rock's sharpshooter was never pretty. Yeah. Now, here's a good insert. This is how you do it, Dean. Or Meng the Ice Train. Yeah, Meng with Jimmy Hart. Yeah.
0: I just hope Ice Train doesn't fuck anything up. That's all I can say.
1: (laughs) Hyped up manager doing most of the talking. Menacing looking wrestler grunting and snarling. That is how you you do it. And then
0: talking in Tongan at the
1: end. Yes, that is how you do a 15 second insert, isn't it? Oh, yeah.
0: So Bischoff is wearing his... uh, Monday Nitro polo shirt, and I don't know what Heenan's got on his. It's not is it, WCW. It's just
1: me. Bischoff's trying to come across in a far different way. He's trying to talk in more of like a dudeish way. He's talking about these guys coming over here. You know, it's, he really tried to overdo the stereotypical, you know, anchorman style early Nitro, didn't he? But now he's trying to be more of a casual dude. Mm. You hear it in his voice. Yeah, it's
0: a, it's a different tone. You're absolutely spot on. Uh, he's he's having a go at Hulk Hogan, basically. Talk is cheap, Hogan, and so are you. And Heenan is now hyping up the giant, saying how badly he wants to choke slam Hogan. And, of course, we had this match. We had this as a main event with the roles reversed less than a year ago at the 95 Halloween Havoc.
1: That's right. And also Super Bowl 96 in a cage. Oh.
0: But, yeah, this is where the story is very different. The roles are reversed. And suddenly, the giant is the one defending the honour of WCW.
1: So here comes Ice Train Dean, friend of Watch the friend of the tree. podcast. Yes. <laughs> and they're really giving him the, the big promotion on commentary, even though his it's not it's not like his tag team split up was a massive launch of superstardom. He looked like a bit of a sap in the whole thing. <laughs>
0: But he is, uh, you know, big smiling baby face. So he is, he is most definitely the baby face coming out of this split with Scott Norton.
1: Indeed, and he's wearing a lot of body oil, which uh, bodes well for his chances of a push. Always be oiled up if you want to get pushed. In. What? I'm telling the truth. Tell me there's not a correlation. You get yourself nice and oiled up, you're in for a push.
0: Get yourself oiled up and your opponent can't get
1: a hold of you. Ah, it worked for uh, Nakasawa. Very true. Who is I now just Meng a laptop-wielding gonna... crony. I
0: thought Meng was going to kick that tree down, then. Let's face it, if anyone could kick a
1: tree down, it was Meng. To be fair, that would be like the segment of the show. That would that would be an instant thumbs up. Just, oh, yeah. just give me Meng kicking down trees.
0: So, here we go. So, he is now putting over Meng, who, of course, he managed in the WWF as Haku, World Tag Team Champions with Andre the Giant.
1: Playing into his martial arts credentials, which is pretty big considering the amazing display of martial arts we just had from Glacier in his first appearance. Yes.
0: And, of course... um, Meng and Barbarian, for that matter, um, had brief careers in sumo wrestling before they got into pro wrestling.
1: They did indeed.
0: Big clash of bodies there with both men going for like a cross-body block and colliding in mid-air.
1: So uh, who you got for this one then?
0: Well... You would think if Ice Train's the new baby face, they'd want to give give him the win, especially with Teddy Long there. But this is WCW after all.
1: It is indeed.
0: I mean, Ice Train never never made it past that that first level really in, in WCW. He's never never pushed any further than that.
1: I mean, I don't know, man. There was a there was a cliffhanger towards the end of uh WCW when you had MIS Smooth, do you remember? And I was actually pushing him for whatever reason. Was that him?
0: I remember the it name was, MI
1: Smooth, yeah. Pretty oh. sure it was. I'm, I'm going to double check that because you've made me paranoid now. Yeah, almost like I've not even had to hit enter on my Google search and it looks like he is indeed Ice Train. Oh, and, fair. Uh, and, and yeah, like he was he was pinning Canyon at the end, and Canyon was obviously prominently yeah. featured.
0: Oh, fair enough. Then. I stand corrected.
1: So who, who knows? knows yeah, who knows how it would if, if those two carried on. And obviously, I've got my own take on that, and I can assure everyone there's no Mi Smooth in sight. But had it actually carried on, who knows what? Well, maybe he would have been the world champion. Who knows? I yes. hope not. Ice Train goes for a small package,
0: gets a two and a half. Just to remind us all, you're still in this.
1: Jimmy Hart being given, you suck, Jimmy, Chance. I like that. And it's it's giving those fans who were bored earlier something to get into. So you just keep them engaged, even if they don't care about the match. And that's better than nothing, isn't it?
0: Mm, definitely. Because you get and I speak from experience as a manager, you get them engaged with you, and then you transfer that onto the match. You know, look at your hero now. I can't hear you cheering for him, all that sort of thing. And, and then, lo and behold, they're into the
1: match. So this is my favourite part of these watch-alongs, is these managerial insights. Especially when the matches they're offering up are this sort of crud. <laughs> I'd rather just turn the whole topic onto, you know, your first-hand stories of, of how to work crowds like this and, and how wrestlers would work matches like this because actually watching the match, even when it's got Ming, one of our favourites in, it's pretty hard work.
0: I mean, so far, and I know we're, we're still, we're about, what, two-thirds of the way through this, especially as this is head-to-head with a live Raw, it doesn't feel to me like they're pulling out all the stops on this episode of Nitro.
1: Oh, absolutely not. The one thing it's had going for it is it's been very fast-paced. None of these yeah. matches have dragged, even though they've tried to, some of them. Like, Rotunda yeah, now, managed to squeeze in, like, ten rest holds. But it was still not that long, thankfully. Yeah.
0: I mean, bear in mind, the first hour of Nitro at this point in time is unopposed. So... You, you want to have a good hour to lead people in to keep watching. I'm, and that hasn't really happened. The only thing we've had is the is the preview of the main event.
1: Indeed. A few promos. Had the Horseman. Had a couple of other uh, face obviously so We've had Giant Accept the Challenge, but that's right. it.
0: And the commentators are pushing how Meng hasn't been able to hurt Ice Train too much and translating that into how Scott Norton will cope when they inevitably have a match.
1: I mean, that's the way you've got to go. You've got this big, slow baby face. You've got to go for the resiliency route, haven't you, really?
0: Yeah. Which is exactly what we've got now. And he's chopping Meng in the corner. big clothesline into the corner by ice train crowd aren't really into it though he's not doing an awful lot to get the crowd into it the no he's kind
1: of fine. he's basically just done a, a, a less emphatic version of the movie he already did and he looked knackered on that purser yeah <laughs>
0: Now he's signaling to the crowd for something and climbing up to the middle rope. Still not a huge reaction. Oh, and he just got kicked in the face by Meng as he came off the middle rope.
1: So, from what they said, I think it's Eddie Guerrero and Psychosis. I could have swore earlier they said something about Ric Flair and Eddie Guerrero. Actually, that's
0: a... Yes, I think when we're talking about what's on the next episode, we said that. Oh, here comes Scott Norton.
1: Who's attacking Meng for some reason? Has he had a, a crisis of conscience? Change of heart? Who knows?
0: Oh. Ah. Oh. He's just met. Just talked to the camera. He doesn't want. Ice Train to have any excuses before Hog Wild. So he's basically ended the match because he didn't want which yeah, he didn't want Ice Train getting badly hurt, which doesn't make a huge amount of sense because if if he was getting the shit kicked out of him by Meng, he's not gonna be much of a not, not gonna be much of an opponent, but hey.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean um Oh, they're, they're playing my favourite theme. They're playing the Outsiders theme slash Bash at the Beach theme. But yeah, it was weird how Ice Train was right there after that and he decided to walk over to a nearby cameraman to explain his evil plot. Mm.
0: We've uh, now got a, re- a recap of the uh, Hogan heel turn at Bash at the Beach. Now, is
1: this voiceover Neil Pruitt? I was just going to say it's a really good voiceover. He's got the right tone for it, well scripted, and they're making Hogan's... sure to yeah gone. I was just going
0: to say Hogan's got the name of the group right for one.
1: Yeah, they're making sure to only use those clips. There's no new old organization, brother. Yeah.
0: We're just having a recap of the whole NWO formation
1: storyline. Basically, yeah. But it's fair enough, because it's it's a big one. Oh, God, yeah. Good clips, good voiceover.
0: Apparently, it's really scary what the Macho Man is thinking. So, yeah, basically, the, the, the push we're getting now is that week by week, the outsiders are sabotaging Monday Nitro. So, we've had the putting the NWO letters over WCW, we've had them going into the control room. And of course, we know that the sabotage is going to get more because we must be fast approaching the infamous Rey Mysterio lawn dart
1: incident. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's uh, very soon.
0: But it's definitely at, at Disney. It might be next week.
1: Yeah, I believe it is July, and we've only got one more July episode, so we we'll have to we we'll have to hang tight for that one. Oh, and that
0: was them beating up Big Bubba Rogers, who did fit into the mould for the NWO of
1: an ex WWFer. Yeah, they didn't seem to be super sure where they're going to go with it. Like, do they want to keep them as the Call cool Three Renegades? Uh, but Bubba would have been a good, quick one to turn. And as I've always said, it made sense that the numbers swollen up, even where there was diminishing returns on the on the coolness of the members, because they are the hills. They are taking over, and that gives you cool. something to have the Stings, the DDPs, the Horsemen's to then be the cool ones to play through. But as we touched upon earlier in this episode, then the Halls and Nashes didn't really want to be the ones who were getting it back. Yeah.
0: And ultimately, every heel should get their comeuppance at the end of the day. That's what you build up to. Of
1: course, yeah. That's, that's the story. Can you imagine, like, TV characters having that? Oh, yeah, my, I like my character. I want people to think I'm really cool. I don't want to get killed off at the end of this season. It's ridiculous.
0: It's a problem with uh, creative control contracts.
1: Absolutely.
0: And, of course, rumour has it that if uh, Brian Danielson is signing with AEW, rumour has it he has got some kind of creative control for his character. But What degree that is to, I don't know. Whether they've learnt from the failings of WCW or not,
1: we'll have to wait and see. I mean, so. to an extent, in selected cases, I can understand the veto clause. But I think you've got, you've got also have some sort of protection as well. Like, for instance, the the infamous one will be Bret Hart, mm. where he had reasonable creative control. And that, that wording was all, was shown up to be just far too vague. And that's just, yes. the, that's just a hellscape for for legal teams. Because what is... Define reasonable creative control. Yeah. Well, it's
0: like in the in law where you can use reasonable force to defend yourself. Where do you
1: draw the line at reason? Yeah. And I would argue personally that um, saying that I will lose the belt to this guy in America, but I don't want to lose in Canada, I would argue that is reasonable. But then that is my subjective opinion. So in the terms of the law, it means absolutely Scott. Yeah, yeah. So next
0: match up, it is indeed, as we thought, Eddie Guerrero and Psychosis.
1: This should be good. To be fair, this should be the first really good match of the show. And I hope these guys get 10 minutes at least.
0: Yeah, if they play this right they should have the crowd on their feet by the end of it. We've already seen Eddie Guerrero at this venue. We've already seen um, Psychosis at this venue against Rey Mysterio. And we know that Psychosis is the perfect foil, the perfect base for a high-flying luchador like Rey Mysterio, like Eddie Guerrero.
1: Exactly, and there's good Eddie Chance to start. He's obviously had the TV presence. He's well established as one of your smiling, good guy, white hat, baby faces on the show. He can wrestle in an ex- exciting way. So yeah, yeah. it's a, it's a pretty easy setup here.
0: So yeah, Eddie, the Eddie chance continue.
1: Do you know what I found interesting there? Bischoff just referenced the fact that Guerrero has a mean streak, even though he's a really nice guy, which obviously yeah. ended up being good inadvertent foreshadowing to his attitude adjustment in 97.
0: Yeah. And, um, and obviously future in,
1: in WWE as well. Oh yeah, he really evolved with it, didn't he? Like the whole thing built and built and built, and it's always good to see that the Ooh. character, rather than just turning heel face hill face and forgetting everything that came for, before it, there were he his persona built upon previous incarnations each time. Yeah, definitely. So we come back from a
0: commercial break. I don't know how much of this match we have we've missed. A few minutes, I would
1: imagine. I mean, yeah, this was, a, this was obviously live at the time, wasn't it? So you take your typical yeah. ad breaks in America. Probably the same as ours, I think. But not quite, not quite as bad as like E4 and Channel 4. Is it just me, or are they like twice as long as everywhere else?
0: I think they're all commercial breaks in the UK are five minutes.
1: Uh, I'm not apart, having that. Like Ch- channel between, 4 and E4 are like
0: 10 but, uh They've certainly picked up the pace since uh, before the commercial break. Psychosis closed onto to the floor. Eddie's going up top. Here we go.
1: Lobby into the crowd
0: as well. Nice. I was just about to say, look at how, yeah, he gets the crowd into it before he does the move. He just gets, just raising of an arm and getting the
1: crowd behind him with that and then does the dive. Simple but effective. Yeah. And perfect for this crowd. Absolutely. And this is the sign of
0: someone who's grown up in the wrestling business who's encountered all kinds of crowds all around the place before.
1: uh, I'm trying to figure out uh, is uh, Heenan referencing is this like a match that's already been set up for the future I'm guessing, Flair and Guerrero. Because I think that's what Heenan was going on about I could be wrong.
0: That's not a Hog Wild match or something, is
1: it? I think it, it might be because they definitely did have a one or two pay-per-view matches, and if I remember correctly, they they weren't actually as good as they really, really should have been, if I remember correctly. I I will look. I'll
0: look it up. Bear with
1: They me. had this. They had this in at least on pay-per-view because I remember them having a good match on Nitro one time. But on pay-per-view, Ric Flair and Eddie Guerrero had like this bogey chemistry where they just couldn't click. I remember they had a match uh, in 2002 WWE, if you remember as well. They just yeah, um, weren't as good as it Hol- should have been.
0: Yeah, Hog Wild flair defended the US title against Eddie Guerrero.
1: Which makes sense. At this at this juncture, Guerrero's a perfect babyface US title challenger. Yeah. Mm. Psychosis returning the favour with a dive, and um, Heenan says, Oh, he gored him with the horn on his mask. Before the gore was a move in its own right in wrestling. Yeah. Oh, and um, Heenan's absolutely putting Guerrero over him, saying, I hope Flair doesn't sleep on him. Psychosis up top.
0: Massive leg drop. I mean, not a
1: patch on a Bobby Eaton
0: top rope leg drop, but still pretty good.
1: I mean, it's not, but that's his finish. That's, that is the psychosis finish. He's just used it in the middle of the match. How strange.
0: And Guerrero with a sort of modified victory roll gets a two count.
1: But yeah, this is definitely the first match just getting the proper length. Doesn't necessarily have mm. to be super long, but like, ten, I mean, a, a good singles match on TV, 10 to 12 minutes normally, isn't it?
0: Yeah, that's a good length of time.
1: That was a lovely, crisp tilt-well backbreaker as only Eddie Guerrero could do it. Not many people could do the tilt-well like him.
0: Psychosis, now he's going up for a... Well, he went for a victory roll, changed it into Hurricane Rana, just gets a two count. That was a tiny bit clumsy, but they got away with it.
1: But commentary are doing a really good job selling these new moves. So it reminds me Ooh. of... Can't remember when we've done the uh the ninety two Dostoev pavings where the Ligers and the Pillmans and Commentary would just yeah. would just really sell how dumbfounded were by this blistering offence. Look at that. Kind of a corkscrew
0: sent on from uh Psychosis gets a two count.
1: Heenan's putting over her Guerrero will soak up offence and play possum. And he's worried that Flair's going to walk right into that with his hubris. Top rope, Hurricane
0: Rana from Guerrero and psychosis has landed in the perfect position for the frog splash. And look at the crowd. Look how the crowd are up on their feet. They recognize the frog splash and look, everyone on that crowd or most of the people in the crowd are on their feet. They're getting behind Eddie Guerrero. He has absolutely perfectly work this match and work this crowd.
1: Absolutely. And um, I don't know if, I don't know if Bobby Heenan's got a look at the time cues here, but he's got that lining with perfect timing about Eddie Guerrero playing possible. just he's warned that just he's warned that he's, he's worried that flair might fall for that. Guerrero pops up with a comeback. It's a quick top rope Rana and a quick top rope frog splash. Yeah. So either he's just uncanny, Heenan, or he's got the time cues in front of him.
0: (laughs) But even if he, I mean, even if he knew roughly how long it's going to go, you generally speaking, you're not going to be told. Yeah, you. I think that's. I think that's 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 just a good bit of fortune, but um, from an experienced commentator.
1: Although it does make me want to ask, Dean. I wonder if there are, and you've been in commentary yourself, obviously. I'm wondering if someone that experience in in many realms of the business, as Bobby Heenan is, wondering if he can see these little subtle, if he sees like a a go-home sign or something like that, and he suddenly thinks, Mm. oh, if I run this narrative now, that'd be really cool. Just a thought that leapt to me. You'd imagine that some of the the, the all-time greats have have probably managed to play their their multifacetedness like that. Yeah. And
0: here is... The entrance music for Ric Flair, so he is
1: indeed making an entrance. I hope it's a good one, because Arn promised us a big entrance. I don't want Arn to be uh, sending us a, a, a dummy here.
0: But we've got, we've got, but Michael and Benoit, but there's no sign of Flair. And the commentators are asking where
1: he is. Where is Flair? And, and what you got, the other two are dressed like they normally are, all smiles, but woman is dressed and acting like she's nursing the hangover. <laughs> yeah. So we got no Flair, we got no Anderson. It sounds ominous, doesn't it, the way they're portraying this? And. Yeah, Heenan has just said, "Where are the
0: outsiders?" And they've both just gone, "Uh oh, doesn't look good." It's like, ah, we now see Arn Anderson is out by a limousine, looking through the windows.
1: You gotta love the old "Who's in the limo?" wrestling trope, haven't you? Oh yeah, tried and tested. There'll be a birthday cake out next. <laughs> Might as well play wrestling trope bingo.
0: So, Arn Anson now, he's on his way to the ring. And I say that because I recognise that tree. But we don't know where Flair is. So I don't know if this means something, they've done something. Horseman Huddle. Here come the baby faces. So it sounds like Anderson is presumably taking the place of
1: Flair. Yeah, because uh, it, it was ominous that you'd have a Horseman promo and not have Flair involved. And yeah. there's no sign of him for this match. I can only imagine that he was actually just flat unavailable, but they're trying to pretend that he's he's there. Yeah, it's one of those. Like, oh, obviously, it's one of those devices you can run where you establish someone's presence, but you don't see them. But as far as the storyline goes, they're there, and they'll say he's been attacked or something. Yes.
0: Sting looks like he's bought one of Bret Hart's old jackets off of eBay with the pink shoulder
1: tassels. And Lex Luger, judging by his look, is going to get a very big push. He's wearing lots of oil, Dean. I see. Very oil. That's how they like it. Lots of oil. He you could
0: you could pretty much
1: fry an egg on him, couldn't you? I think uh, judging by the colour of his skin, a lot of things have been fried on him. He looks like he's been chucked in the fryer himself. But yeah, despite so, the uh despite the opposition between these three baby faces and the NWO at the pay per view, obviously the horseman is still the horseman. So right now we've got The good guys versus the bad guys, despite the NWO presence as well.
0: Well, I guess, yeah, they are facing each other. But um, if the outsiders come along,
1: they will unite against the common enemy. You'd think so, but as Heenan just said... Savage still very much despises the horseman, despises Flair. He'll remember the Great American Bash '96. He'll remember Elizabeth throwing his money around. So there's there's yep. quite the dynamic here.
0: Big backdrop, Arn Anderson takes the sting. So we've got about 10 minutes left in the broadcast. So we're gonna it's not gonna be the longest main event, but it's a six-man tag. you can imagine it's gonna be. Bang, bang, bang. Lots of people getting in and out of the ring. Mongo with a a shoulder block on the sting off the middle rope.
1: And that one's not going to go on the That's Our Mongo account because it's actually really crisp and well timed there. I kind of like that spot.
0: The uh, That's Our Mongo account has been shut down. What? After a complaint by uh, Michael's family,
1: I believe. Well, oh, you don't want to say too much because we know that Mongo's in ill health at the minute. But I would have liked to have thought that they could have seen the, the uh, especially as you consider that um, it had kind of evolved into a more general, non-Michael specific account. No,
0: they—they uh, they just said it was. Um, I, I believe I'm right in saying that they thought it was taking the piss out of him at a time when he didn't need the piss taken out of him and, and it
1: was, it's been they objected, it's been shut down I mean uh, there, there is a point we had there it's a shame though because I'm pretty sure the account was evolving into a it wasn't just Mongo stuff at one juncture was it yeah no Heenan on
0: commentary is still talking about how something's going on something's not right with Flair
1: I'll say this, just like I referenced earlier, Mongo's feeling it with this one. Yeah.
0: I'm also thinking that woman is dressed a bit like Alan Partridge's fake wife on the Hamilton Water Breaks episode. (laughs) I understand none of our American listeners will
1: get that, but I hope the British ones will. You'd be surprised. Some of the British classics have translated very well over there and we live in that society where it's very easy to do that now.
0: Excellent. Excellent. We still see that limo. Someone's just walked up and opened the door, and I don't think they were meant to. So that's why they've just. He didn't just, yeah, just said someone from security. I don't think it was. I think it was just a regular tourist because he was in jeans and a t-shirt. <laughs> why, then? <Dane>? Because WCW. <laughs> I that or he was just about to nick it. If you see someone driving off in a limousine, it's that fella.
1: Benoit doing a few things I, I like to see in a tag team match. First off, what I like to see in any match is the heel arguing with the referee that they should have counted faster on yep. the two count, and secondly, he's grabbing hold of Sting by the scruff of his hair while taunting Savage on the apron. Is this your partner? Is this who he's got?
0: And it's good to see Benoit and Sting there. Not a combination you saw all that often. And now we've got a combination we have seen that often, which is
1: Sting and Arn Anderson. They uh emphasising his last minute replacement, but I tell you what, he was prepared, look at him in his ring gear.
0: Yeah. Always bring your gear, Lim, always bring your gear.
1: yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, Mongo's getting a decent amount of time in this match. His roles have been kept simple given his experience, but yeah, he's hitting his notes, as they say.
0: I think he's lost it a bit now.
1: Yeah, he's definitely <laughs>
0: lost it a bit We've now. We've jinxed it. He was kinda of going for a belly to back suplex and Sting was holding onto the rope and he just collapsed onto the canvas and I'm not quite sure what went wrong there.
1: Um, I can only presume my, my guess would be is that Mongo's not really give Sting much of a much of a cue as to what he's lining up which if you're going to grab someone and lift them up from behind I'm guessing you got a that's a good time for a wrestler to call spot would that be fair to say yeah i think that's fair to say so it might be cuz he's just been grabbed and deadlifted from behind he, he doesn't actually know what mongo's got planned is that would be my my vaguely educated guess so Sting and Anderson exchanging
0: sleepers and now Sting with the belly-to-back suplex of his own. Either that or he just didn't trust Mongo to drop him on his back, which I can understand.
1: Yeah, he's like, fuck that shit. Just do clubbing forearms, you prick. And a
0: big big tag to Luger. Luger now in as the babyface
1: showing the fire. Heenan's still beside himself that Ric Flair is no-showed. And he's...
0: Par- What's great is, is Heenan is paranoid that the outsiders have done something to
1: Flair. He was also really alarmed when um, Bischoff speculated that the NW recruiting, with the implication mm. being that Flair would be in play.
0: And that prick family in the front row are still... Uh, beating each other
1: up I mean what a time to do it it was understandable during some of the guff earlier but come on man things are revving and we're what's going on here
0: the the women were were playing tug of war with the briefcase and now Savage has just twatted Benoit with the briefcase It looks like Savage has got some of his money back.
1: But there was never any real indication of an argument between the girls. I don't know what that was all about.
0: Now, Savage is trying to
1: twat woman with a briefcase.
0: (laughs) Oh, I think maybe woman wanted to throw the briefcase into the... The ring, not Deborah. Maybe that was what it
1: was. So, so the, basically, what we're saying is we've got this, uh, this conflict between Deborah's compulsion to hold on to lots of money because she was very motivated by getting lots of money with Mongo joining the horseman. Yep. And uh, it went into conflict with women, woman's natural compulsive urge to cheat to in cheat. the match. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Yeah, that, you nailed it on the head. You nailed it on the head, Liam. Quite annoying. We had to go to a replay to see that, but. All right, we got there. Yeah. So uh, we've
0: got a few. We've got about three minutes left. So I don't know what's going to happen now. Ah, oh, promo time with the baby faces. Sting has been entrusted with the baby, the baby face briefcase now. <laughs> <laughs> Mean Jean just telling someone to not throw her underwear into the ring. It's in bad taste.
1: (laughs) Did you hear Savage? Yeah. He he overruled Jean. Yeah, overruled. That's right up there with put that cigarette out, surely. (laughs) Oh, big match. Hmm. So yeah, we've got the Outsiders V Luger and Sting at Hogwild. That's a big grudge match. Uh, yeah. I can't even remember watching. I probably have watched it. But now we're running for this chronologically. I'm actually pumped for this. Sting's feeling mean. He's he's feeling so mean he's going to be massively homophobic towards Lord Stephen Regal. Oh, wait, that's already happened. That's happened.
0: And he's now talking about apparently Hall and Nash are both Leos. How has he turned this into a zodiac reading? I don't know. Not that zodiac. God, no. (laughs) Ed Leslie with his stupid face paint. Oh, the next Leo's!
1: I need to find that out now. <laughs> uh, uh, do you know what? If I was Macho Man and I was relieved after all these months to get hold of what's left of the divorce money, I'd be a little bit weirded out by how Stings insisted on holding on to it. Yeah. He's not going to turn into the crow. He's going to turn into the new VK Wall Street. Um, I
0: can confirm that Scott Hall is not a Leo. I repeat, Scott Hall is not a Leo.
1: I can't believe these professional wrestlers lied to us, Dean. I've never felt this way before. This has never happened.
0: I I can also confirm that Kevin Nash is not a Leo. What? I repeat, Kevin Nash is not a Leo. But But Hog Wild is a Leo.
1: Hog Wild, the concept is a Leo. Yeah. That's good to know.
0: Well, the date of the pay-per-view. Savage is talking
1: about the army, the navy and the militia. How about Don Leo Jonathan? Was he a Leo? Uh, I don't know. (laughs) Macho Man just actually did a really good Booker T sucker.
0: I did. I I saw that. Thank God it was that and not something else. (laughs) Well, Mean Gene Um, is there. Yes, Don Leo Jonathan was not a Leo
1: either. He lied to us. Yep. Listen up, slap nuts. That's right. This is Jeff Jarrett, the chosen one, and you're listening to because WCW. Now choke on that.
0: Well, that wraps up this Nitro. No Hogan. No Flair. One, I mean, uh, I, I've, I've got to say, all in all, a thumbs down from me. I mean, Guerrero and um, Psychosis was great. And Chavo Guerrero and Dean Malenko is okay. But all in all, that was a bit of a flat nitro for me.
1: Yeah, I would be inclined to agree. I think the one thing I'd say in its favour, other than some other episodes you watched, especially of the two-hour era, is that admittedly, it flew by. It did. Uh, the, the pacing it, the pacing did. was brisk. And I think if you're not gonna have higher quality content on there, I think the least you can ask for is that it just runs wrong. That was one of the the few thing the few saving graces of a Vince Russo crash T V era was that when something was shit it wasn't on your T V for very long. But yeah. then that's basically just fixing a problem you've made yourself. Yeah, And that's what I've done here up until the last couple of matches worth where the show did pick up considerably because we got proper stars. See, the big the big main event is in the main event. You got Eddie Guerrero, very popular TV presence, challenging for the US title winning in the in the semi main event. We got somewhere. But but yeah, I've, I've definitely watched worse episodes of Nitro so far in this run. It wasn't good but at least, at least we weren't feeling that an hour and a half like we have a couple of these times.
0: Yeah, um, and then as I said, this was a head-to-head with a live one-hour roar which saw Mankind beat Freddie Joe Floyd, so that was as Mankind was, was sort of entering the promotion, Goldust beating Barry Horowitz, Mark Mero with Sable beating the who was Bill Irwin, and the main event was uh, Shawn Michaels and Ahmed Johnson against the Smoking Guns with Sonny. For the WWF tag team titles. So, uh, you know, dec- decent-ish main event, but again, not massive amounts of, of star power on that one either, I guess. Yeah, they, but, they uh, uh,
1: made, a, they if I remember correctly, they made quite the mini feud out of that. Like, Sean and Ahmed and the Smoking Guns ran opposite each other for like a few weeks. Because then they do like a WWE title match, an Intercontinental title match. Mm. which doesn't seem, because you, you're not going to look at Billy and Byte Gunn and think, oh, they might win. But they definitely, if I remember correctly, they definitely ran that program for a few weeks of Raw.
0: Yeah. So, um, now, next week, do you remember I've been banging on for a while about how I remember a promo from Jim Duggan that sounded like Hulk Hogan, you
1: smoked my children? Oh, is it coming?
0: Well, all I'm saying is that Jim Duggan's in the opening match next week. So, it, and mm. it's... And it's from um, it's from Disney MGM, so I'm thinking it's got to be that surely. But we've also got next week. There's not too many matches, um, but I guess they will be given a bit of time. But we have got the six man tag that we're supposed to have of Luger, Sting, and Savage against Benoit, Flair, and Michael next week on um, on on uh, Nitro. Um, plus we got Eddie Guerrero and Big Bubba Rogers, so that's going to be an interesting one with a style, or well, not a size difference, I suppose, but that'd be interesting to see how they how they get on there. Um, but uh, but yeah, it looks an intriguing one for the next time we do a watch along.
1: Yeah, it depends what what Bubba shows up really, because you can imagine like Bubba when he's motivated, Ray Tru when he's motivated would actually have a lot of fun with Eddie Guerrero. Yeah. Yeah, really no, that... like play into that menacing heel thing. He can obviously when they, when when they do need to run the ropes and such, he can move when he wants to. Oh yeah, definitely. So who knows? That could be quite fun. I like yeah. I like these little. I want these little hidden gem matchups. They're they're one of my favorite definitely. parts of these. So definitely, I'm hoping definitely, definitely. that's
0: one. Yes. Right, well we will leave it there for this episode of Because WCW Thank you so much for taking the time and trouble to download this and uh, listen to it all the way through to the end here If you want to follow us on Twitter, if you don't already you can catch us at Because WCW and we're on facebook.com forward slash Because WCW as well We'll be back very soon with a brand new episode In the meantime, on behalf of Liam this is me, the Tristan Genius and thanks for listening and we'll see you ringside